1: This This is is the game game of roses. Welcome to
0: the the game game of of roses. Very quiet,
2: please. Ready?
0: Rachel and I'm Gabby and And we're your your new new Bachelorette. bachelorette
2: welcome to game of roses this is pace case
1: this is bachelor clues enhanced that's correct
2: Sultry. I've had
1: my
2: uh <laughs> I promised everyone your voice would be sultrier. I
1: don't know if that's true. It still is a little fucked up, but I am on some codeine, so I'm able to speak. But yes, it's true. I had my tonsils removed. Thank you for holding it down while I was gone, recovering, hallucinating, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: Is codeine so zerb?
1: Yeah. It is right. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Is that why you're leaning?
1: <laughs> that's just my normal posture, I think. <laughs> It's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Wish I had a little more than I do, but you know, my, I'm, I'm near the end of the <laughs> bottle of my codeine, and that's going to oh, come up no. later in this show <laughs> as well. But, oh, God. Uh, it's done me right. So thank you, uh, Miracles of Modern Medicine.
2: Thank you for uh, everyone hanging in with me here, you know, down at the bottom of the pit. It feels, uh, feels a little darker when it's me by myself, a little lonely. When you have a partner in your despair, it feels like maybe you're not down a pit. Maybe you're on top of a mountain.
1: (laughs) Okay, I never felt like that.
2: That's what our friendship makes me feel like.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm glad to give you the on top of the mountain feeling. And we hope that we're giving all of you the on top of the mountain feeling as well as we continue through. This is the end of Gore Girl Summer. This is the final episode of Gore Girl Summer. And next week you're gonna start Pace Case Spring Break. But Gore Girl Summer has been in our opinion, one of the greatest eras of Game of Roses. We had interviews with Tammy Lee, Elise Dillbaum Sarah Heron, Courtney Robertson, Dave Neal, Olivia Carini, Chelsea Vaughn, Anna Luz Puccini, Ivan Hall. And our finale Gore Girl Summer interview was with the Goats Paramore, the female Goats Paramore, Jason <gasps> Tartick himself.
2: Read what's on the page, Clues.
1: Me read what's on the page. Shit. <laughs> Shit. I think I do a pretty decent job of it.
2: The Goats Paramore Jason Tardick himself.
1: Yeah, that interview was amazing.
2: God. It was fantastic. I wanted to ask him a thousand more questions.
1: Same. Hopefully we'll get the opportunity to either uh, reprise his visit in a subsequent interview or maybe go on Trading Secrets. I would love to do that if he would have us. But we also had the best coverage of Bachelor Live on stage that, to our knowledge, has ever been done by any podcast in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. We got Pace Case contracting the COVID-19 virus on the festival circuit at Coachella, breathing in the same air as many Bachelor Nation podcast or as many Bachelor Nation players.
2: <laughs> but don't worry that summer is ending. A new season is upon us. Two weeks of Pace Case spring
1: break!
2: Bachelor Clues is taking his first ever quote-unquote vacation. He is still going to be working because he's on brand. And I will be taking the wheel at Game of Roses for two weeks of content that will surprise and delight the pit. Clues will be back after Pace K Spring Break for a two-part mini-series event. A breakdown of the male players of Wendekia, followed by the premiere of the Wendekia season. So an action-packed
1: for three weeks. God, the Windecchia season is just going to be explosive, I think, in a variety of ways, and I cannot wait to cover it. But we are also still in the month of June, and that is the gore anniversary. This is our third year we are embarking on this strange journey. And in celebration of it, we've restocked our original four TRR shirts designed by the incomparable Ella Tolkien, and you can get them along with our current Gore logo shirt and mugs and all kinds of stuff at gameofroses.co.
2: And now for our segment where we discuss something that is going on in the world of The Bachelor. This is... Game
1: Game of of Roses. Roses. State State of the the Game. game. We wanted to use today's State of the Game to discuss the lead-in to the next season of The Bachelorette. Every season of our beloved game uses promos in the weeks leading into the premiere to paint a certain picture of the lead and the tone of the upcoming season, perhaps to even give the lead an identity. Katie Thurston, for example, was forced to wear a (laughs) Be a Katie t-shirt in one version of her promos. I'm sure you remember.
2: One identity.
1: (laughs) Clayton Eckerd was featured with Puppies and called an underdog in an outright theft of Rodney Matthews' slogan. Claire Crawley's promos imagined her as the Dustin Hoffman character from a 60-year-old movie called The Graduate, which was a strange, misguided reference to age play.
2: And now we are roughly three weeks away from the premiere of Bachelorette season 19, the first season in history that will feature two simultaneous Bachelorettes in Rachel Recchia and Gabby Windy, both survivors of the rose ceremony from hell in season 26 of The Bachelor. That is... This is historical for the U.S. Bachelor. Multiple promos for this season have been released featuring the duo in a red sports car traveling through nondescript countrysides, awash in rose petals and fake smiles. And the identity that the producers are trying to promote is that these two women are best friends. But are they really? We're in promo season now. It's starting to ramp up. But every time I see one of these, I'm like, they're hitting the best friend thing hard, but they're they're not best friends. They didn't even know each other before going on The Bachelor.
1: Exactly. I would imagine they both had best friends Ooh. before coming into The Bachelor. And I'm sure they've become good friends through this process or whatever. Certainly, sure. they were not best friends before they started shooting. And I would argue that maybe having gone through this process together, I don't know how it turns out, But maybe they have become best friends through it. Possible. But the idea that they're starting as best friends and that that's what we're watching. Two best friends just having a fun romp through a weird experience where they're dating the same guys is so strange to me. And there is no way it is true in my opinion.
2: It feels like I'm being like bamboozled when I see these promos. I'm like, two best friends. Ah, yes. The dynamic duo of Gabby and Rachel what? Yeah. They weren't even a dynamic duo during the season.
1: They weren't even a dynamic duo at the rose ceremony from fucking hell. One of them <laughs> broke off to go cry to herself while the other one like broke off to, you know, give Clayton a piece of her mind. I don't buy it and I think it's ABC's attempt to essentially say, look, we're not pitting them against each other. We're not saying it's two women facing off to date the same guys. They're friends. This is all fun. I think it is complete fakery to try and trick us into thinking that they are promoting friendship during this season when the exact opposite will be true.
2: I think it's complete trickery in a lot of ways. I think it's also promoting this, like, ostensibly, like, it's girl power that it's these two best friends and they're in charge of their season. When it's like, they're not. They're not planning any of
1: it. Not only they're not planning any of it, I would argue that they have less power than any lead ever has because Mm. the producers at any time can be like, oh, sorry, we have to go shoot this thing with her now. Oh, sorry, we have to go shoot this thing with her now. Oh, that's meant for her. That's meant for her. It gives the producers an element of leverage to do whatever the fuck they want at any moment that they've never, ever had before. Because if you're the sole lead all attention's on you at all times. You can go to any producer at any time and be like, sorry, I'm having trouble with something. This needs to happen or this needs to happen or I don't want to do this date or whatever. And the producers will try to push you in whatever direction they want for sure, but they have Mm -hmm. to make that lead happy or at least compliant. In this case, if one lead starts to get super pissed, super non-compliant, great. We got another one. Now we can paint it as the one who's going crazy and the one who's like, so cool with the process.
2: And even one of them leaving this season. I don't... I kind of doubt that that happens, but they totally have less power. You can't use that against the producers. Like, well, if you do this, like, I'm out, and then you don't have a season. If they're out, they still have a season. Yeah. Uh, Even closer to what they had, like, probably originally wanted.
1: I think this Friends thing, this Best Friends identity that they're trying to force down our throats is literally in reaction to the internet going crazy when they announced double bachelorettes and everybody's saying like, oh, they're going to pit them against each other, and make them fight. And so the producers were like, no, let's make them best friends and that'll smooth it over. It's actually the theme of the whole season. Yeah, exactly. There ain't no friendships (laughs) here. This is always has been a competition. And now that there are two leads, those leads must also compete against one another for some guys in the same dating pool. I don't know when they the guys are forced to differentiate, but it ain't going to be night one, I would wager. So no. on that first night, I'm sure there's going to be some guys that they both like. And, and whether there's overt competition for them or not, that competition's going to happen.
2: Absolutely. Like they're going to be, how they handle being the bachelorette is going to be compared constantly. And there's going to be a favorite. There's going to be one that, the forum's love versus the other one and how they're handling situations. We're not even, by the way, talking about one of the most egregious parts of this, which is that it's another very old movie reference.
1: Maybe. I mean, is it... I've been thinking about this. Like, yes, Thelma and Louise, if it is a movie reference, is the movie that they're referencing. And this is a very old movie from the 90s.
2: What do you mean, if it is? Well... They're, like, dressed in old-fashioned, like, dresses with, like, in a convertible...
1: Yeah, I know. I think it is too. I think you're right. I think you're right. And that movie—if you haven't seen the movie, it's a very good movie. Um, I haven't. Well, can I spoiler alert you on this thirty-year-old movie?
2: I know what. Ha- I know. I know that what happens in the end.
1: For those who don't,
2: skip ahead if you don't want to know what. Yeah. <laughs> Thoma. <and Louise. laughs>
1: in the end, Thoma and Louise drive their car off of a cliff in a mutual suicide because they're trapped by police. So that's the end of that movie is the only escape from authority is mutual suicide.
2: And is there a love story element?
1: No, I mean, the the premise of the movie is one of the two of them is sexually assaulted and the other one of them kills the guy who does the sexual assault. And then they're on the run from the cops for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah.
2: Interesting. I mean...
1: (laughs) You know, two best friends. Yay! Have the time for our lives. I mean,
2: I hope that's not... I hope it won't be our second Bachelorette who's assaulted during the the production. I hope that doesn't happen. This is... uh, Meredith Phillips claims that she was sexually assaulted during the filming of her Bachelorette season. (sighs) I guess, you know, it's hard to actually give your Bachelorette an identity when it is two people. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty different. One of them is, you know, cheerleader, whatever, colorful narrator. And one of them is a is a hardcore um, professional pilot. But it's like, I would have loved to see the pilot promo with a woman. I you know, agree. The promos they did for Pilot Pete, but it's Rachel Recchia. And like her in like a pantsuit, like jumpsuit. Like, she's like, I'm actually flying this plane. And like, maybe then we cut to like... Gabby Windy and she's like a cheerleader but she's like and actually now I'm like the quarterback or I don't know something like that that's just first thought but like something about who these people are rather than just that they're two people going on a journey together which I guess is the parallel
1: yeah two best friends in a car that's all you need to know about these ladies two best friends in a car be a best friend they should have had that t-shirt for them I
2: I you're right. It's not as bad as be a Katie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Almost nothing ever will be. I think that was one of the worst promos that no. they ever did. But I agree with you. These promos give us no idea about who the leads are as people. It's just who they are in context to one another. And even that I think is a lie. I think it's the exact opposite of what is going to be presented in the document. Ultimately, I think they're going to try very hard to edit it to make it look like they're all happy and having fun. And all the pictures that they're putting out are like big smile. Come on now, big smile. You can tell in some of those pictures that like they are not happy. They are not down with this.
2: That footage we saw of them from the like cruise ship or whatever, they looked like prisoners.
1: Exactly. And I think that's that vibe, I feel like, is gonna come through this whole fucking season. It's gonna be absolutely (laughs) fascinating to watch. I think the level yes. of like psychological experimentation that goes on in the game is going to be at an all-time high because there are two bachelorettes and because the producers are going to be working so hard to try and spin this into something like positive and empowering and it just isn't. It's it is the exact opposite. This is 1984. This is double speak. This is everything George Orwell <laughs> talked about with propaganda and all that shit. What you're seeing on that screen is going to be the exact opposite of what's actually happening.
2: This promo is exactly what George Orwell was talking about.
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> Laugh all you want. Know, We're living in, a, in an Orwellian future. I mean, I don't even think that's like a debatable thing. We all accept it as real reality TV show president and all that shit, you know? And now we've got this version of a reality show, which, at least to us and everybody who watches it, is it's not like news, but it's like a world we live in. It's a reality that we believe in in one way or another, like to us, and I think the people who listen to Game of Roses, it's, uh, we see through the curtain a little more, you know, but a lot of people just see the fucking curtain and they're like, oh, it's great. These two best friends, I can't wait to see them fall in love. Meanwhile, under the surface, there are fucking producers sitting in a room being like, let's do two bachelorettes. <laughs> we can pit them against one another. That's what's really happening.
2: hundred percent. You know, Something that I did appreciate, though, they did have a Mean Girls reference in one of the promos where they were like, get in, we're going shopping, shopping for men.
1: But even that, isn't that a quote from Regina George, the villain of Mean Girls?
2: Yes. But it's it's an area. <laughs> yeah. I have a low bar for these promos, <laughs> <Right>. obviously. <laughs> I just really wanted to see that, and maybe we will see it in this season, the season, though, gender-reversed um Top Gun stuff. But mm-hmm. I just think it was... They look like two 1950s housewives in it. It doesn't feel like female empowerment to me.
1: Yeah, and if you want to take the Thelma and Louise thing even further, the kind of like theme of that movie really is about female empowerment. It's like one of these two friends gets sexually assaulted, the other one kills that person, and then they're on the run. But the end message is... The cops are still chasing them and still going to fucking arrest them for murder. So their only escape from that society in the nineties where a woman stood up for her friend who was sexually assaulted, the only escape is to drive your car off a cliff. That's the, yeah, the final message of that movie is that like, even doing the right thing in this situation doesn't matter in our society. At least that's, uh, you know, what's on the surface of it, but
2: I haven't seen it, but before this, before we recorded this clues told me there is a scene in which Brad Pitt is Almost, maybe almost entirely naked. So
1: Yeah, it was one of his first movies, I think. It's kind of what put him on the scene. At any rate, that is the state of the game. We are weeks away from the premiere of the next season of Bachelorette, this dual season, Wendekia, as we've been calling it. And these promos are trying to paint a picture that we don't think is accurate. And is confusing, quite frankly, because I still don't know who they are <laughs> being presented as in terms of Bachelorette's. They are just a duo. They are just best friends.
2: Dynamic duo.
1: You know? And if you're like... I always try to look at these promos from... I know this is like a weird perspective to take, but I always try to look at the the promos through the perspective of players who are coming in. Where it's like, if I saw that video or that picture and I'm a guy trying to date this bachelorette, Mm -hmm. what would I think? You know? Like, oh, be a Katie. Huh? I don't know. She's holding the vibrator. I guess she's sex positive. That's like all I would get out of that. Out of this one... I have no idea what I would get. Oh, I've always wanted to date best friends. Like, what? It's absurd. So, by
2: the way, she's not holding a vibrator. Like, it's funny to imagine her in that shirt holding a vibrator, be a Katie with like a threat, threatening face.
1: <laughs> or who
2: knows where this vibrator will go. But yeah, you would get no identity from this. You'd just be like, oh, I guess it's a double season. Okay, I'm going to have to strategize this differently than any other season. I'm going to have to... Tailor my conversations to two different people and then figure out where I have a better shot.
1: Exactly. So the game elements, even from the players, is heightened to another fucking level. You want to talk about for the wrong reasons? They're not even making it possible to be there for the right reasons. Do I? Oh, anyway. That wraps up State of the Game. That's where we are. We are looking very forward to the season and breaking it down, and that will be coming up very shortly.
2: Roast the promos away. I am salivating for this season. I can't wait. As
1: am I. I I can't believe we're about to be given this gift from the Dark Lord. But now we are going to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss some things we're watching that are not The Bachelor. This is...
2: What are you watching what are you
1: watching i have consumed two feature films Uh. this past week one was called top gun maverick one was called everything everywhere all at once top gun maverick i thought was unbelievable in terms of its uh shooting the visual elements it was just incredible. Like, that is a work of yeah. fucking art. And that guy, Joe Kaczynski, is one of my favorite directors of all time. He did Tron Legacy as well, which visually is like a movie that there is no equal, in my opinion. Um, story-wise and all that, whatever, even premise-wise, I was They're like, you got to fly all these fucking jets into this fucking weird volcano thing and fire these missiles. And it's like, or you could just get drones to do it. Like... There's absolutely no need to do what they did in this movie at all for any reason.
2: Well, they couldn't get drones because they needed to uh, uh, yeah, would lose contact with the drones due to the the communications cutting off uh, the
1: anti-drone the area. I, <laughs> it was see, so I dumb. Actually, I actually,
2: I enjoyed that they didn't name the enemy. I enjoyed that... They did
1: that in the first one, too.
2: They were very clear about what the mission was. Mm-hmm. And I was able to follow it. Like, I didn't get lost in the details. And I was like...
1: It was exactly Star Wars. Have you ever seen the original Star Wars? It was a rip-off of a bunch of different movies slapped together and it looked so fucking good none of it mattered none of the bad story or bad script i don't like that look mav (laughs) it's the only one i got okay like i I don't need this dumb shit i didn't need the fucking the shoehorned love story who gives a shit no
2: Uh, there were elements
1: of it to me obviously it's doing very well and everyone loved it and i'm you know it's it's obviously propaganda for the u.s military So everybody's going to, I don't know if it's going to have the same effect that the original one had. When the original one came out, I think it was like a 15% increase of people signing up to join the uh, Air Force and Navy. I don't know if this is going to have the same impact or not in the modern world. It
2: It set records.
1: Yeah, exactly. All that said, again, technically, one of the greatest pieces of work I've ever fucking seen in my life, all of it or most of it was practical, meaning that there are real people in real planes with cameras just like shooting Shit, as they're flying around, mind blowing. Um, Yeah. And I did like some of the nods to the old shit when they get in the old plane in the end, the one that he flew in the original one. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's some nostalgic element to it. But um, overall, it was like A minus, I think, for me. Visually, stunning. Hmm. Story and shit was like serviceable, whatever. It was okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie has been recommended to me a million times. It has been lauded as the greatest multiverse movie ever made. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit. I didn't get I it. I didn't get it. It was, um, a lot of stuff was exactly scenes from The Matrix, except shot in a kind of funnier way or whatever, down to the main character literally stopping a wave of bullets being fired at her, Neo style. But they also have, like, the the van where everybody has, like, shit on their heads to jack in and jack out just like they do in matrix like a lot of exact rip-offs for matrix and this one i i their first movie that these directors the daniels their first movie was swiss army man i don't know if you saw that but yeah. um it had a similar kind of like ride for me the first act sets up a very interesting premise the second act delivers some cool scenes on that premise. Then the third act for me just falls apart and is like, why am I watching this? What is the fucking point of any of this? And that's kind of what I felt like at the end of this movie too. Mm-hmm. I know people love this movie and it does have some very cool shit in it for sure. And I like these directors very much. They also directed uh, Turn Down For What? That music video, the little John and DJ yeah, Snake. that video is That video is, I think, one of the top 10 music videos ever made. But this movie for me... Did not live up to the hype. I liked Top Gun better. (laughs) And now I'm going to join the Air Force.
2: uh, Now I'm joining the Air Force.
1: (laughs) I'm too old, unfortunately. I don't think they take me.
2: That's actually what Pace Case spring break is. Uh, We're trying to cover up clues joining the military. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I loved both of those movies. I watched a movie I was not that into this week, Tick, Tick,
1: Boom. What? Is that those? Andrew Garfield?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. plays, like, the writer of Rent. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The musical. Mm-hmm. And it's got songs, but... And I like musicals, mm-hmm. but the songs... I liked one of the songs, maybe. I just... I was... Maybe I had two high expectations, but I was expecting more of an emotional story, given how I felt watching Rent, mm-hmm. uh, which did not deliver for me. But... I'm also watching Stranger Things Mm -hmm. and even Stranger Things, Kardashians
1: (laughs) on Hulu. okay.
2: I mean, have I kept up with the Kardashians? Probably until the... I don't think I watched the final season. Mm. And watching this show is so different because they are all producers on it. It's very much exactly what they want to make. And... I think they know some of what people want from them and other parts are just like this glaring blind spots and I find it absolutely fascinating. Mm. And the difference between like Keeping Up with the Kardashians season one where you have like, (laughs) like the interstitial before the show starts was just like the whole family getting together and like someone boops someone's head, someone like trips, you know, it's like goofy family. And then now to like season one of the Kardashians, which is just like, these unbelievably rich, like alien people, living in these alien-looking homes—it's just—it's bizarre.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: But I'm enjoying it. Yeah. God,
1: I've had—I had a dream about being at one of the Kardashian's house with Kanye West last night, coding-fueled.
2: Kanye's in a little of this, and it's
1: oh, is he in it's it? It's
2: interesting. Oh, uh-huh, shit, I might have to watch it. Yeah.
1: How's Stranger Things going? I tried, I fell off Stranger Things season two.
2: So did I. I only watched season one and now I have dove back in for four. And I don't really feel like you missed much. Mm -hmm. It's very like, I wanna see the next episode. Definitely. Like it's it's got me hooked. But it's a little scary. A little scary. A little um I don't like to see bad things happen to children which mm. is not a it's not a good show to watch if you don't yeah, that's right. want to see that. But I'm enjoying it and I like the the campiness and like I feel like they do a good job of like figuring out what the memes will be basically. There's like a huge meme. There's a couple of huge meme moments. Mm-hmm. That I won't spoil, but I'm enjoying it. I can't wait for the next one. The children have aged really weird. Everyone seems like a different age.
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
2: just confusing (laughs) like some of the kids are like gigantic now one of the kids is very small still
1: (laughs) finn wolfhard's like a 35 year old man
2: but yeah it's entertaining and they fucking spent so much money on it yeah it's crazy Hmm.
1: maybe i'll dive back in but i sincerely doubt it
2: uh no watch severance first
1: i ain't getting Apple TV. I, in fact, I'm about to cancel Disney. You've heard me say this many, many times and I'm about to do it. I tried I keep to, saying that. I'm trying to get through Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm trying to get through uh, fucking, what? there's something else on there that I try to watch. The Eternals. Get back. Oh God. It's, they're just so bad. I have to cancel it. Anyway, that's what we're watching.
2: That's our update on what subscriptions Clues has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta add more. I need more.
1: You don't. You need less. But now, we're going to move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss all of those delicious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News. Bachelor in Paradise is back. Well, not yet, but the official Bachelor in Paradise Instagram account released a video promo this week featuring two crabs on the stinging sands of the Paradise beaches with the caption, don't be crabby, we're headed back to the beach. Crab emoji, shell emoji. The Doors to Paradise open September 27th on ABC. September 27th is a Tuesday and Bachelorette season 19 begins airing on July 11th. So if it contains 13 episodes and they all air without a break, or it contains 12 episodes, but there's a one week break in there, or it contains 11 episodes and there's a two week break in there, we are looking at a week in late September.
2: What about 11 episodes?
1: Then you need three breaks, I think. But we may be looking at a week in late September that will include an episode of Bachelorette on a Monday followed by Paradise on a Tuesday. Whatever the case, we will obviously be covering it all.
2: Whatever the case, it is a nightmare.
1: <laughs> it seems like they're going to nightmare us. I think this is going to be nightmare yeah. schedule. And even if it's not overlapping with Bachelorette, I do think they're going to do the a couple of days where they do a Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back Bachelor in Paradises.
2: I do feel it is our punishment for covering the soft wars yeah. with such accuracy is that they always put <laughs> they always make too many episodes for paradise.
1: They make just the right amount of episodes, they just air them too close together.
2: That's what I mean, too many in a week.
1: Like concurrently yeah. with the fucking bachelorette is just I mean that is I don't even know how to describe what it would be like in the sports world. It would be like the uh Super Bowl is on a Sunday and then Monday, it's like first game of the next season. You're like, what? That can't, don't do that to me. It's insane. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're gonna to wanna to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products
2: Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at Oneskin.co. That's 15% off Oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year a lot of them related to gore, we've had some great interviews, we're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube, we're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year, and when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, you just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash Game Clues.
2: Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast they have great basics and foundations i got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing nothing no, let it breathe. Yeah. Let it breathe. Let it keep in the, in the conversation. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's something I'm thinking about with all of these shows is when you release it, are you releasing it week to week or all at once? And it's like stranger things, you're releasing it all at once. It's not going to be in the conversation very long. Not all at once, but most of it. Um, Up next in bachelor nation news, there's at least one person from the nation who is not excited for the upcoming season 19 of The Bachelorette, third place finisher on season 18, season 10 Bachelorette, and (laughs) love maker without being in love, Andy Dorfman has expressed her distaste for Windecchia. Quote, I want to be supportive because it's a franchise that literally put me here right now, so I always feel a bit of support, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't bummed that it's two women she told Entertainment Tonight on Monday. I'd like to see two men go at it. I don't know. It gives me a little sexist vibe there that I don't really love.
1: Possibly the only person to know the whereabouts of the necklace full of sand created by the great one, Nick Viall in season 10 of The Bachelorette, went on to say, I don't really love the fact that two women have to share the screen. I think we've progressed a little further. It's 2022. I want each girl to have it for themselves. It is such an incredible thing. Are Dorfman's points here valid? Is this sexist?
2: Yes. Always. The answer is always yes with bachelor nation. I they've done the double up only for women in recent years. Like the Caitlin and Tasha are both hosting. Michelle Young and Katie Thurston are both gonna be bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. Uh it's gonna be both Wendekia parts <laughs> halves. Yeah. So iconic dynamic duo. Um I, I like you're how are you gonna have the the grandstanding moments? Each of those are gonna lose its power, you know. I didn't settle for men like that, but maybe Gabby will, so I'll let her <laughs> make her own decision.
1: They should do it simultaneously. They should literally be side by side and come out and be like, if you're not here for the right reasons, they should try to do it in exact same. You
2: know they're going to do one, a joint dismissal, don't you think? Where they get mad?
1: God, probably. I mean, it's just That's all going to be so fake. It's all going to be so staged. Yeah. I can't wait it's for it. It's going to feel so produced. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. But this thing that Andy Dorfman is talking about—that it's sexist to have these two. It's like the whole premise of the show, isn't it sexist to have thirty women dating one man? You know, and and they.
2: Isn't it sexist that they have to wear high heels?
1: Yeah, all of that. Of course, <laughs> if it's like this is your complaint, is that they're giving. The Bachelorette to two women simultaneously. That's the line you're drawing? It's like the whole show is filled with shit like this. Has been since season one. We talk about it constantly. This is the nature of being complicit, knowing there are these problematic elements in it and continuing to watch because we love the fucking game of it.
2: I mean, there's so many like patriarchal elements that the show still upholds. We've never seen a woman propose to a man in whatever, 40 seasons.
1: Yeah, we have... It has happened peripherally though now with Becca Cooper and a big body.
2: Yep. Put it in a season. Produce it, baby. Then I'll believe it.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
2: I mean Yeah. It's it is a weird thing to get hung up on the Caitlin Bristow Britt Nielsen one was worse, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean that one it mirrored the first time they did this, which was with men in season six, Byron Velvick and Jay Overby. But it was a similar kind of thing. That one was actually a little more brutal, wasn't it? The Overby one? Because they made the two guys stand there while women put roses in different buckets, different boxes for them. Do you remember that?
2: Did they not do that for Caitlin and Britt?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I think they had to cast votes privately, if I remember on that one. And then they, they just told them. votes? <laughs> yeah. There wasn't like a public shaming of it.
2: Yeah, but Caitlin and Britt didn't get to see video of all the men in Speedos without knowing they were being filmed at a pool before. That's true. <laughs> which is what they did in season six.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> and they were in two armchairs drinking. God damn. Watching video of that. But I mean, this is
1: all just evidence that like, the show is sexist. The show is racist. The show is homophobic. The show is misogynistic. We all know mm-hmm. that. I, I just find it very strange that this is the the hill she's dying on. This is the, the line too far. You know, it's like they made fucking They tried to get her to be fucking naked in one of the goddamn dates. Do you remember that on one Pablo's season?
2: Yeah. Dog photo shoot.
1: So anyway, that's Andy Dorfman's thoughts on the upcoming season. But now let's move on to the next point of business in Machination News. On the other end of the spectrum, Company player and staunch supporter of men's naming rights, Mike Johnson, made his <laughs> desires for a windy, Recia, love triangle known this week. I really would love to see a love triangle between one of the contestants and then the two bachelorette leads, Mike exclusively told Us Weekly on the Here for the Right Reasons podcast. Johnson's company player co-host and compatriot in men's naming rights activism, Brian Abassalo added, <laughs> they seem like their best friends. They're obviously relying on each other and leaning on each other throughout this entire journey. But I got to figure there's going to be a guy that's going to walk in, that's going to knock their socks off, and they're going to maybe veer both toward him. Like Mike said, maybe a love triangle. Maybe they'll butt heads. But at the end of the day, I just hope that they're both happy and they both find love on their journey.
2: At the end of the day, I hope they just both find last names to take on themselves and stay best friends forever despite it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't really care what guy it is, but I just hope some guy forces his last name on both of them. (laughs) That's the love triangle I want to see. I want to see him marry each of them, take them both as his property, and force them to change their last names to his.
2: The love triangles I want to see are Windekia and... I I think of it as one person. Windy and Rekia, they're ring winners, and the last name of their ring winners. That's the triangle I want to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, that'd be fine with me. I just found this an interesting tidbit that these two dudes are like, I want to see a love triangle coming out of this. And it's like, obviously, the producers are going to angle for that type of shit. But
2: how could there not be a love triangle?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of having two bachelorettes, I think. But just to see that, you know, Andy Dorfman on one side of this is saying, This is fucking sexist. You're taking away the spotlight from both of them by halving it, basically. And then immediately, Mm -hmm. on the other side of that is two company players who have a company podcast being like, I want to see them get into a love triangle that's going to leave one of them crushed. Like, how does that love (laughs) triangle end up good for at least one of them Is going to get completely fucked in that situation? Maybe both.
2: It's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch. We all wish Wendy and Rekia well in what will no doubt be a season for the ages up next in Bachelor Nation news, the greatest... Oh, how dare you?
1: What happened to read what was on the page? What happened to read
2: what is written? Uh, rules are off. Face uh. case, case break now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Caitlin Bristow, goat extraordinaire, recently <laughs> revealed that she and the final subject of a gore girl summer, Jason Tardick, are planning to get married in a Great Gatsby-themed event on New Year's Eve. She said, we've gone back and forth with a bunch of different themes, but we just want it to be Gatsby theme, kind of over the top, black tie affair, champagne fountains and everything. She told Us Weekly about her wedding plans while talking about the launch of her Amazon handmade wedding collection. It's not like us actually at all, but we'll have our own unique touches throughout the whole wedding. Bristow further revealed that Pino and Ramen will be in attendance and they will be upholding the strict dress code in custom-made dog tuxedos, which will almost certainly land them in parasocial creature of the week contention. Can't wait for these tuxes.
1: This will no doubt be the most talked about wedding in the nation when it happens later this year. We are looking very forward to covering it as well as attending as soon as we get our invitations, which are no doubt in the mail as we speak.
2: <laughs> I mean... Caitlin, you're the greatest player of all time. Don't listen to what Clues says. We're very much on your side, and we will we'll do whatever you want at the wedding. We'll be security. We'll nice. We can walk Pinot and Ramen. You're
1: using the underwood strategy for Uh, for becoming lead. We'll do anything. Yes. Just make me the bachelor. Just invite (laughs) us to your wedding. I'll do anything you want. I'll jump a fence.
2: I won't eat anything. I won't
1: take any pictures it's very convincing (laughs) and finally bachelor nation news a big congratulations goes out to one half of season 20's gemini team Haley ferguson the loser of the sister versus sister two-on-one from the historic ben higgins season of the bachelor tied the knot this weekend to her longtime boyfriend professional hockey player ula pulve we wish them well
2: and now for the portion of our pod where we will discuss what, what the best plays are on our phones, on our computers, in our metaverses. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Former crown Katie Thurston returned to Instagram after a 30-day hiatus and commemorated it with an outdoorsy Instagram parasocial play, including feeding a chipmunk creature. The caption describes spending the last 30 days offline in order to really focus on my friends, my family, but most importantly, myself. 58.1K fingers tapped like on this post. I'm hoping that she actually was just spending the whole time making parasocial plays, but she will now be posting.
1: We're just going to get a tidal wave. That'd be fantastic. Always happy to see parasocial play from Katie Thurston. Tammy Lee posted an Instagram reel to celebrate her birthday drinking tea in a fancy birthday dress at a fancy house. She intercuts the montage with her BIP birthday breakdowns and the caption reads, This birthday, I'm going to love me. B-Day is Friday, June 17th. The last two birthdays were cursed with good old COVID and a good old heartbreak. LOL. This year, I've got good old me celebrating all week. Kissy face emoji. Ah, oh, I can't wait. It show you the official birthday photos. Kissy face emoji with a party hat. The reel has 68.5K views and 4.8K likes. Happy birthday to Tammy. We cannot wait to see what you do in this next rotation around the sun.
2: Neither of these emojis have kissing in them. i For the record.
1: There's little hearts around their faces, aren't there? Am I crazy?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anna Redbin, ever prolific in the parasocial space, made many TikTok offerings this week. In one, she uses the I'm a fucking genius audio over her in front of old man Chris at the pool. Her caption reads, when you create your own paradise without all the BS and manipulation. The video has 60,000 views and 2.6K likes.
1: Ari Lindike and his second choice for wife, Lauren, threw a circus-themed birthday party for the Lindike twins. They posted a video montage of the spectacular event complete with acrobats, giant balloon sculptures, and a cameo from Alessi to their joint main grid with the caption, The Greatest Party on Earth. Party tent house emoji... <laughs> party favor thing emoji. Is that accurate? They ranked in (laughs) 20.3k likes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Jacobs posted some behind-the-scenes Becca Paradise photos for their one-year anniversary of their first date, him and Kufrin to his Instagram main grid with the caption If you asked me to describe what my perfect life would look like a year from our first date, I wouldn't have been able to dream up half of what you've made it. Crazy what can happen in 365 days. Love you, boops. Face surrounded by heart, loving hearts emoji. <laughs> hashtag smitten kitten is less than hashtag longevity lion. The post has 15.4K likes. We love a villain edit recipient redemption storyline and what BBTC has accomplished in 365 days is incredible.
1: It truly is. He, in my, I mean, I know he wasn't grocery store, Joe. He wasn't a night one guy, but he really was a super villainized player who has now risen to the ranks of being engaged to one of the greatest players of all time, one of the most protected players of all time, one of the biggest uh, victim players edit recipients of all time. It's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish in the post-game game. game. So congratulations to BBTC. Good job, BB. Oh, these are great plays, but there can be only one winner. Our Parasocial Play of the Week goes to Becca Martinez. She teased that Chatty Broads is returning to Bachelor coverage by posting an Instagram story in which she and Jess are recording what looks to be a breakdown of the players of Wendekia. She pans down to her notebook of pit papers describing the male players and the caption reads, Are we? Yes, we are. We love a pair of social teas before they confirmed the news officially by announcing via their long-form podcast. We at Gore are overjoyed that another staple of Bachelor Nation tea podcast is coming back to Bachelor content. Will they join the sauce wars? Time will tell. I think they will. Ain't got no choice. If you in the game, You got to pick a side. That's how saucers work.
2: Is that a challenge?
1: No, it's just a fact.
2: Chatty Broads, if you wish to accept this award, tell us which side you stand on. (laughs) Right. Just kidding. You get it regardless.
1: (laughs) And all of these were fantastic humanoid parasocial plays. But now we got to talk about them non-humans doing that good parasocial work. This is the parasocial creature of the week. Alessi. Wants to hold one of the four owls that have invaded the Lion Dyke garage in a series of posts. Bachelor Winter Games alum Lily McManus was playing it cool with a shitload of pigeons this week. (laughs) And Blake Moyne, Zach Clark, and young Noah Herb linked up with a shark named Babu in a wildlife conservation video posted to Moyne's main grid. All of these were great parasocial creature plays, but there can be only one winner of the parasocial creature of the week. And this week, the award goes to... A name we've heard before. Percy! (laughs) Yes, this multiple award-winning pooch found his way into a five-slide post on Nate's main grid this week. Each photo in the series depicts Nate sitting in a lawn chair while sipping a smoothie with Percy in his arms. And in each image, Percy is serving a different delightful parasocial gaze. Congrats to Percy! who has once again shown why he is one of the most dominant creatures in the nation in this post that has 22,000 likes and 123 comments. Percy, just don't quit.
2: I think Percy was slighted in that in that one, uh, one episode where we didn't notice there was a creature, and he stepped up his game, and he is coming back week after week to fucking demolish the competition.
1: I couldn't agree more. I, I still fully expect Percy to be doing fantastic shit basically every week now at this point now you've heard me talk about quince on this program before i love quince i am right now head to toe dressed in quince i got the shirts i got their pants i got everything from quince quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags, and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're gonna have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious, award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out.
0: wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Wait. I'm surprised when he's not in this list.
2: He might have to step up his game. Dot, dot, dot. Now for what? this section of our... <laughs> Just because... You know, he might have to provide emotional support as well.
1: Yes, there are rumors swirling, some of which I've contributed to in my photographic analysis of a certain image that I put out on my Instagram account. But there are rumors swirling that Nato Lakoya and Michelle Young, recent influencer, are no longer together. We cannot confirm these. These are simply rumors. This is not in any way confirmation. We are not saying this is actual. We are saying there are rumors. That is all.
2: We are saying there are rumors and Clues is participating in promoting them. I
1: am saying there are rumors <laughs> and I have said there are rumors. Okay? I am uh, simply saying, once again, there are rumors. That is all.
2: We wish Nachel and all of their creatures the best. Of course. trying times.
1: But now is that time of the show where we're going to descend deep into the darkest caverns in the furthest recess of the pit to issue forth our screams. This is
0: Screams Screams from 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 the the Pit!
2: So my scream this week is related to my what are you watching? I'm watching the Kardashians, which guess what? That's my, that's my like my fun reality show, you know, the one that I'm not copying down statistics for when everything happens, you know, I think of it as an oasis of sorts. It's not, you know, not being a bachelor bachelor franchise show and I'm watching it this week. And the drama is, is Kim going to pull off a successful hosting gig on SNL? That is the drama. Mm -hmm. And I will not say what happened, no spoilers here, but at the after party, what do I see? I'm showing Clues a video right now. Oh, there's Chris Rock. Oh, lots of big celebs at the party. Who are they? Who? 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 What's that jawline?
1: What? I can't, yeah, I can't see it.
2: Tyler Cameron is in the background of a lot of these shots.
1: He was in that Saturday Night Live. He, they did a Bachelor um, parody in it, and he was in that thing.
2: I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scream remains. I did forget that, and it's extra embarrassing because we were referenced <laughs> in that skit. Now that I think back on it, yep, that was a huge
1: we moment for us. We did a, we did a new piece of news on it, I think. On this very Look, this show. This is
2: what happens when you don't keep up with the Kardashians. You yeah. get mixed up. Right. And you make screams that, once they're fact checked, seem less like screams. But here it is. Mm-hmm. I started trying to record my phone, trying to capture this brief image of Tyler Cameron at the SNL after party. Anyway, what's yours? <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> Okay. This is not... Pace Case Spray Ray is going to be the opposite of this, scream. It's going to be great. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, you know, we've talked from time to time about how as we've descended into the pit and The Bachelor has taken over more and more of our psychology, Mm -hmm. occasionally we will dream about The Bachelor in one way or another. And it's exceedingly rare Mm. for me. But uh, this past week, I also had my tonsils removed. And it's a very painful recovery So I was prescribed codeine. Again, it's a prescription for codeine. This is a narcotic, but it's prescribed.
2: The way you're emphasizing it makes it sound like you now have a drug problem.
1: (laughs) No, it's prescribed, I said. So this is a medicine from a doctor Uh who told me to take it, which I was doing. That's all. Okay. Did I enjoy it? Maybe. But anyway, this shit for me, also because I had to sleep on my back because of the surgery, which I don't usually do. The sleeping position, as well as the codeine, has created for me a situation where I'm having very vivid, very strange dreams. And I had one about the band And I'm just going to kind of go through it. It was terrifying, to say the least. I'm in a van with a band. I'm a member of a band. I have a guitar with me. And I know in this dream somehow that we are meant to be playing at a group date and then we're meant to be playing later at like the private concert for whoever wins the group date. And so we're in a van with a producer. The They open the door and we step out into Pan Pacific Park, which is a park out here in Los Angeles that they've actually had group dates. at. They had one in, I think, the most recent season, didn't they? They had a date at Pan Pacific? I don't remember. Anyway, don't they've had group dates there before. And as soon as the van door opens... I hear babies screaming at the top of their lungs. This is not like babies crying. This is babies screaming as though they're being killed. And I look at the producer and I say, is that baby screaming? And the producer just says, you don't need to know about that. The stage is over there. Go set up your stuff and whatever. And so we go out and me and the rest of this band who are people that I don't know, go out into Pan Pacific Park. We're getting our shit set up on the stage. And I look over and there are like 18 women all being dressed in various wedding dresses. And then next to them is a bunch of babies, human babies being spray painted pink and blue. And then balloons are being put around the babies and filled with helium. So the babies are in these like giant balloons, spray painted pink and blue. And we're sitting there putting our gear together, like what the fuck? And then the group date is these women in bridal dresses have to throw darts at the balloons as they're rising up and then catch the babies as they're falling. And whoever <laughs> catches the most babies wins the group date. And some babies are just going into the sky. Like some babies don't get hit with darts. So their balloon just takes them up into the sky uh. until they die, I guess. Some babies are hitting the fucking ground. They're not, they're missing them. They're not able to catch them. There's darts going into the fucking babies. It was absolutely terrifying. And when I woke up from it, all I could think was, I'm surprised they haven't done that yet.
2: I mean it's I don't even know if that's a scream because you were just saying that to me and I was like that's actually a pretty good group date idea. If like they're not real babies, they're like yeah,
1: big, big these day. were real babies in the dream, but yeah, I agree. We'll probably see something just like that.
2: That's scary. That's like stranger things scary.
1: Yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. I definitely did not have a good feeling about the dream.
2: I like, by the way. <laughs> We both wrote a few words of what our scream was in our document and clues wrote coding fueled nightmare.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. It's
2: like, oh boy, what's this going to be?
1: And now we are going to move on to playing another scream for you. If you happen to be a member of our Patreon and you're down here in the bottom of the pit with us, you have access to our discord. From that discord, you can submit... A scream of your very own, one minute or under, and we play the best ones here and analyze them. And today we have a scream from Phoebe Nader. We're gonna play it for you now.
0: I'm Phoebe, and I was drugged into the pit by my friend Meg, and I've been digging myself deeper ever since. I have a wonderful fiance, Don, and we live in Europe. Our friends and family are scattered across the entire world, so when planning our wedding, we're not limited by location because everyone will be traveling. We explored many ideas, the Italian Riviera, the volcanoes of Iceland, the beaches of Mexico, but I felt the pull, a deep drive in the pit of my stomach for Mexico. Despite the beach being Don's least favorite option, he hates the sand. But I ignored his desires and followed that darkness. The options in Mexico were plentiful, and I was a little overwhelmed. But I kept coming back to this one location. And when I saw the footage of the crabs on their website, I knew why. I had fallen in love with the resort from Bachelor in Paradise. The hallowed love stories of GSJ and Serena, Becca and the big-bodied trash can, beckoned Don's and my love to join them and put sand betwixt our toes. And so, we hired a wedding planner. March 2024. March 2024. Let's go!
1: First of all, Phoebe, I loved the impassioned delivery of the script. It was fantastic, and thank you to Phoebe's friend who dragged her into the pit initially Meg. as well. Meg, yes, cannot thank, thank you, you
2: enough. Meg, you're doing great work.
1: <laughs> this is a fantastic scream for many reasons. Um, one, the complete dismissal of your loved one's wishes. This man hates mm. the sand. I I know something about instantly this. Instantly, a level two scream. Yeah, instantly. When you're dismissing other people's well-being in service of your fandom of the show, you're you're getting mm. there. You're really in the pit now. So, congratulations. You're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you are now tailoring what should be one of the biggest moments of your life so that it can fit into your bachelor fandom that elevates it as well. Uh, it's a pretty high level scream.
2: It is a high level scream, and. The way I mean, what you were saying about the delivery as well for me, the details of this the pit, the little pit details like sand betwixt toes, big Mm. body trash can. There are these, you know, they're not things that we repeat in every episode, but they're, you know, (laughs) big
1: body trash can is
2: they're deep cuts, they're Easter eggs,
1: you know. And I will say, sand twixt toes, that ain't from me, that's from a little author called Nathaniel Hawthorne. At least that's where I got it from. I remember oh, reading really? the Scarlet Letter in, like, seventh grade or something.
2: Oh, my God. I thought that was a...
1: No, betwixt. It, betwixt is a real word in the English language, overused by Nathaniel Hawthorne, I think. It was always just funny to me.
2: But sand betwixt toes. Was that how he used it? About no.
1: <laughs> Have you ever read the Scarlet Letter? <laughs> He's writing about Bachelor Paradise yeah, and fucking it was just about oh um
2: they hate her for being a an adulterer. I didn't think there was any sand.
1: Yeah, but there wasn't any sand. There wasn't any sand. It was like puritanical fucking whatever. No, sand twixt toes is something that I think I coined, but I, I always remember betwixt is I got that from Nathaniel Hawthorne because he really liked that word.
2: Gotcha. But you put your own spin on it. It's okay, still cluesism fair. in my eyes. You're so funny, clues. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Happy birthday!
1: Oh, thank you very much. But thanks, Phoebe, for that incredible scream. And once again,
2: and congratulations!
1: Yeah, congrats on on the upcoming on this nuptials, wedding in March in Mexico at that beach. Right? They shoot. They're shooting Paradise now, so you're fine there. But maybe you'll find some remnants from the crew. Maybe you'll find some fucking artifacts buried in the sand or something. I would definitely get a metal detector Ooh. and spend your. Wedding night, (laughs) scouring the beach, Ah. looking for artifacts. Ah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, Your husband
1: will understand. And even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We've already established that.
2: I mean, yeah. What's the point of locking him down if you can't just then do whatever the fuck you want? Exactly. No matter how it hurts them.
1: That's correct. That's what marriage is. (laughs) <laughs> but thanks again. But, uh,
2: if you want to if you want to submit us a, a beautiful scream like Phoebe by way of Meg, join our Discord via our Patreon. It's a it's a social a social platform where you have the ability to communicate with voice calls, video calls, text messaging, media and files in private chats or part of communities called servers. I just read the Wikipedia.
1: For Discord
2: of what Discord is. Because it was like, (laughs) maybe people don't know what Discord is.
1: Oh, it's true. Discord is basically an app where it's kind of like a private chat room, essentially. It's like a private Twitter almost for whatever that group is that you're a part of. And so we have one for Game of Roses Mm -hmm. and you get access to it if you're on our Patreon. And to access that, you go to patreon.com slash game of roses. We hope to see you all in the pit soon.
2: I'm only in one other Discord, which is for my Pokemon Go group. And we use it to communicate when we go do raids at the Americana.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was the only other one that I was in was um, for my Overwatch team when that team was still around. It's now defunct, but it was also a video game thing. At any rate, that is our show for today. This has been This Week in Badger Nation. We thank you for joining us and we thank you for joining us throughout the entirety of Gore Girl Summer. We've got that Windecchia season right around the corner. We're looking very forward to breaking that one down. I really think it's going to be fucking insane. So we hope you'll join us for that, too. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback?
2: It has been 7,389 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please
1: rate this podcast. Please review this podcast.